Hi, this is Jeff. This is Web the Guide Conversation. Today, my guest is Steiner Ellingson, the founder and director of the upcoming Melbourne Web Fest. Good day, uh, Steiner. How are you? Hey, hello, Jeff. Uh, good to be with you. Well, thanks for joining me again. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. This is, I think, the third time we've talked. Fourth year coming up yes. at the festival, right? Sorry? This is the fourth year for your festival? This is the fifth, actually. It's our, uh, you know, it's, it's the official um, first real anniversary, I suppose. Well, now it's coming up on June 29th through July 2nd. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we've actually extended to, um, well, we've always really run four days um, for the past few years, but we've had this, um, um, the first day sort of been uh, been looking after uh, a uh, a showcase of local work that sort of just missed out on the official selection. Um, but we've included that in the official program this year, and we've also got a showcase of student work, which is the first year we're doing uh, this year. So that's uh, where it kicks off, and then uh, on the on the Thursday, and then Saturday, uh, sorry, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is all the the uh, the workshops and the official selection screenings, our pitching competition and uh, panels and, and awards, obviously. Tell me about the student films or the student, <clears throat> excuse me, the student shows that you're showing on the uh, first day. Yeah, so we've um, we've started noticing and, you know, I when I don't work on the festival, I, I uh, moonlight as an academic. So I'm... Uh, I've been around a lot in uh, in Australia now with uh, with different universities that I know are actually teaching web series as a way to uh, to well it's a, it's an efficient kind of platform I suppose to teach filmmaking to students because it's it's a manageable format so you know rather than making a feature film or even a short film you can. Uh, uh, the web series has become a real teaching tool for a lot of uh, uh, filmmakers. And um, we have also seen that we are in previous years that we've been getting a lot of uh, student productions. And, um, you know, as, uh, as the web landscape changes a bit in the, in the web series world, it's probably uh, necessary to sort of uh, divide things up a little bit because, uh, you know, student productions aren't going to really compete with, uh, with, uh, with series that are backed by production companies and broadcasters and, and, and uh, screen agencies and that sort of thing. So um, we want to be able to include the sort of really emerging producers in the, in the festival. So for us, it was just a natural step to, uh, to establish a student showcase. You know, you touched on something kind of interesting when you said it's difficult for the students, you know, or impossible for them to compete with series that are backed by bigger production companies, bigger money. Uh, yeah. Is that the case with most of the shows that you have in the in the festival? What that they have uh, that they have bigger budgets. Yeah, I mean, because the when the web series world started to create itself. Uh, there was no money involved with a lot of these. People were working for nothing. Uh, they mm. were they were uh, uh, 
basically products of love from the from the creators. Yeah. Uh, when did these, when did all that begin to change? I think it started changing. Well, it's changed. It's probably started changing probably two years ago. Really, um, in Australia, we uh, uh, Screen Australia are. Uh, Federal Screen Agency, which is also the main funding body for for film and TV in the country, they established what's called a multi-platform fund um, three years ago. And then uh, at that time, you were able to apply for funding for up to half a million Australian dollars for effectively generally web series. And you know, in in well, other countries. For a web series, a five hundred thousand dollar budget, or is yeah. that the total pot that people could apply? You know, that several people would apply for. Well, no, no, no. The the pot is bigger. Uh, okay, you, so you can you can apply for up to five hundred thousand dollars per wow. project. Okay. Yeah. So we haven't had a lot of uh, a lot of projects that have got the the, the full uh, cash out, but for those projects yet. But you know, this is similar to what. They have in Canada, uh, for example, through the Independent Production Fund, and uh, you know we're seeing more and more that from other countries as well that there are broadcasters, for example, who are investing in in digital uh, series. Uh, so uh, this year, in particular, we for the first time we got um, series that had more than a million dollar budget. But having said that. Just to come back to your original question, they are um, they're the exception to the rule still. So if we look at uh, you know the, we actually churned we actually crunched the numbers on that when we got the submissions this year, and we we were obviously conscious of that when we're um, when we're uh, curating the official selection as well. That probably about sixty percent of the submissions that we did get were uh, were series that were made for. Fifty thousand dollars or less. So, in terms of the official selection, the fifty theories uh, that are in the official selection, that's actually reflected there. Because you know, we while while I think it's great that that uh, there is money available for people to make web series now, we also need to recognise that it's still a space where uh, where people are starting out and they're trying new ideas, and, and that has to be reflected in. Uh, in uh, the festival program. Do you see web series then as they're trying out things as a kind of a laboratory for new ideas, new techniques? Uh, I think, well, it's, it's that and a number of, and a number of other things. I think what's, uh, what I think is particularly interesting um, this year is that we're seeing more and more uh, of these kind of hybrid Productions, if I can call them that, which are digital productions or web series that, are, that have actually been consciously written for different screens. Um, so you might write it with that in mind that it, this can work as a short form series, uh, bite sized sort of stuff, but it can also be a longer series that could work on TV or a platform like. Um, uh, uh, like your, you know, your Netflixes or Hulu's or Amazon's or whatever, and it could even be released as a feature if, uh, if need be. 
There's been a number of web series and, and creators we've talked to over the years. Who, that was kind of their design is the web series was really in a way a pilot to try to get on TV. Yeah. And in whatever yeah. format that might be, but to you know really watch on a big screen in a longer format than uh, the bite-sized format of web shows. Yeah. Let's talk about I, your web test and what you're doing this year because you, you've done something a little unique, but I think you've kind of been evolving to it and that you have specific categories for Australian content only and others yeah. are, are in an international side of things. Yes. So um, what we did, we started that last year, actually, that we, uh, instead of having a whole slate of different genre categories, we actually cut down the number of, of genre categories. So we've only got four. We have animation, comedy, drama, and nonfiction. But for each of the genre categories, we have best international and uh, best Australian. And uh, and then we have a have a slate of, of technical awards as well, which are but they're um, they're open for for anyone, so to speak. So we've uh, we've uh, except for the genre categories where all the official selections are nominated uh, in whatever category they uh, they obviously uh, fit into. The uh, for the technical awards, we just made uh, six nominations in each of the categories now and then uh, and then we also have a grand jury award which is uh, which all the series are nominated for and there's a $1,500 cash prize for that you had quite a varied jury people from all over the world it was really international in its in its scope or in its breadth yeah so people from a lot of backgrounds a lot of them are working in Australia at the moment we have uh, but the uh, the guy who chaired the uh, the jury deliberation is uh, an American fellow called Christopher Leone, who's uh, also coming over to the to the festival this year to give our uh, keynote um, on our opening night. And uh, I think Chris is a really exciting uh, name in this uh, particular industry at the moment. So he's. Um, and that's another thing that we're focusing on a lot at the festival. Um, Chris's background, he's, well, he comes from an animation background, but he's made a lot of, uh, a lot of digital series for uh, Fox in the US. Okay. And uh, he made this, uh, a couple of years ago, he made, uh, it was a pilot project, I suppose, so that's how it's, it ended up. It was conceived as a web series originally called Parallels. Um, then it hit the, the sort of the, the, the festival circuit in some festivals like uh, Marseille, where it was uh, sort of presented as a as a as a sci-fi series with, uh, with three think, episodes, a miniseries. Yeah, I think both Susan and I watched Parallels. She knew yeah, about it, but I'm yeah, sorry. What, what I was that? I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. Go on. No, please. no, no. That's all right. Now. Yeah, but so Parallels ended up on uh, on Netflix as a movie, actually, and uh, and that that in itself I thought was really interesting, just how it sort of it got con it was conceived as a sort of uh, eight by ten short form series, then it got repackaged as a 
as a miniseries with, you know, uh, sort of TV half hours. But it was still a sci-fi drama. And then it ended up on Netflix as a one-off. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there's there's a lot of that going on at the moment, which I think is really interesting. And, uh, and there's... Uh, some of those projects work really well, and then there are some that are quite disastrous <laughs> in that, uh, you know, uh, sometimes the screen really matters and other times it doesn't. So uh, that's one of the things that we'll explore in more detail at the festival. As the, you know, we're seeing this emerging trend at the moment, I think, with uh, with more and more uh, web series being adapted into, into film and TV. So Chris is definitely one of those... Uh, people who's, who's worked a lot in the in the medium and is very conscious of of how projects might travel and we've got some uh, projects in Australia as well that um, have have done just that that have just been released so we've got a number of, uh, of creators uh, Australian creators heads of uh, heads of production uh, from broadcasters and production companies as well as coming together to uh, discuss this at the festival, which I think is uh, going to be very interesting. Now, is that part of the pitch I view? Um, no, that's actually a separate thing. Um, so we're, uh, we're about to announce the shortlist for pitch I view, which is our uh, pitching competition. So that's uh, in partnership with uh, ABC, uh, which is the public broadcaster in Australia, and iView is their um, their uh, digital platform. So that was the first time we did that was last year, and um, the uh, the woman who who won that is just about to go into production with her uh, with her uh, project, which is uh, very exciting to see uh, to see that actually realised that it was the first time we did it. So. Um, we've just closed the submissions for for that again this year, and we'll be announcing the shortlist of the projects that are that are pitching next week. So uh, yeah, that's that was that was so much fun. <laughs> really, one of the for me anyway, it's one of the really the really big highlights of of last year. It was two hours of uh, people pitching to a full room in front of a judging panel with. Uh, with uh, with a particularly brutal timekeeper who was sort of forcing them off stage when their time was up, so <laughs> it was really heart. putting the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really fun. It was really so much fun, and uh, yeah, I can't wait for that uh, for that again this year. Uh, there's been a lot of changes in the conduct of Webfests, you know, in, in the whole web series industry in the last uh, since you started with your first one five years ago or four years ago. Um, how do you see the changes and, and where do you see things going with the festivals? There's been some that have started and stopped. Uh, there seems to be maybe a little settling down for those who have, uh, have the legs to have longevity, yours being one of them. Uh, from a... Sorry, go on. No, no, please go. Uh, sorry, were you thinking from a festival point of view? Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I think I mean it's like that with uh, with a lot of emerging trends, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of people who who look at what's going on and they they think it's cool and and want to be part of it, which is which is great. And I think for uh, for creators, it's uh, it's fantastic that there's uh, that there are lots of opportunities 
to uh, to get recognised. I guess what I'm and and I think from the festival's point of view, it puts the pressure on on us, I suppose, uh, us and everybody else out there to um, to really look after the creators. I think that's the what separates, you know, good festivals or awards from from bad festivals and awards really. Uh, the respect that they show for the creators in that you know they're actually giving us their work and and uh, and uh, you know that we need to treat that work with uh, with respect and I think we do that and most festivals out there I think I think really do that and uh, I guess what I'm what I'm a little bit concerned about in this space is all these uh, online uh, awards that are popping up that are sort of spewing out awards three or four times a year and and uh and doesn't seem like there's much behind it other than you know insert cash here and awards come out come out here and it's all very you know there's no detail about what's going on or who's involved and that sort of thing and I guess if I was a creator I'd be skeptical about that sort of stuff um, well, you're and, not getting uh, anything back in return. When you go to a festival, when you come to the Melbourne yeah. Fest, what can a creator expect? Well, you know, we have a professional development program, which I think is uh, is uh, well liked and also really useful for a lot of uh, for a lot of filmmakers. So this year, for example, we're doing um, we're doing four workshops. We're doing a a uh, uh, one on uh, on uh, digital uh, marketing, which is one of those things that we always need to remind web series creators about. I think that you know um, the old adage "make it and build it, and they will come" doesn't really apply in this space. <laughs> so building it is is uh, as much energy and, and effort that takes. It's is only really half the job. Um, how you connect with audiences and how you keep audiences engaged and, and interested is, is really, you know, it's a whole different set of operations, but it's something that you really need to know about as well as a, as a content maker. Just sticking a video on YouTube and saying, hey, check this out, just isn't going to cut it. And you're not going to be particularly successful, unfortunately, even if your series is fantastic. So that's uh, that's a really important uh, thing to keep reminding content makers about. I think um, we're also doing a very interesting session this year about resilience for uh, for uh, people in the creative industries. There was a uh, an organisation in Australia who did some uh, some very detailed research that was. Um, just launched uh, or uh, published about a year ago about mental health amongst uh, people who work in the creative industries and actually found that more than half of uh, people who are working in the creative industries are suffering from uh, from mental health uh, problems. So we want to actually embrace that and, and look at uh, look at some case studies about uh, about these issues and particularly why people who work in the creative industries are so prone to these and actually also inform people about what sort of help is out there and, and uh, 
and uh, talk about some coping mechanisms with uh, a couple of psychologists and some people from the from the organisation who conducted the research. Um, so that's uh, something that we uh, we think is really important, and I think is going to be really useful for people as well. Um, as I feel like it's something that's certainly very prevalent for people who are just starting out or who are in the early stages of their career and might juggle, you know, uh, trying to establish a professional career in the screen industries as well as juggling multiple jobs on the side. And you I know, was going to say, while well, they have their day jobs that they need to go to. Yeah. So they're really, you know, burning the candle in, in both ends and a bit in the middle. Which <laughs> is, you know, it's tough and we know that. And uh, so we try to, uh, yeah, try to look after the whole person, you know, focus on the craft as well as how to connect and uh, and also try and look after uh, after their, 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 them as people. So we also run a couple of workshops on, um, on producing and uh, I guess this is particularly focused on Australian uh, content makers, how to go from uh, making work off your own bat to uh, to getting productions funded. Um, and then the that's final what, workshop that's, is... This. That's got to be one of the highest priorities, I would think, is somebody who's coming. Everybody wants to know how they can make money off of their off the content that they've created, right, the show that they've made. Yeah, absolutely. So the the woman who's running that um, that workshop for us, uh, a woman called uh, Kirsty Stark, who's produced both uh, she's produced the two very successful uh, web series, um, one called Wastelander Panda and uh, another one called Goober, which is uh, currently doing rounds at, at festivals. I, I gotta tell um, you, all of these years, Wastelander Panda is my business partner Kyle's still his favorite show. It is so good. I wish they'd make more of it. <laughs> so, yeah. Why, I'm, uh, why I'm, is Australian show so good? Is it because of the government support and the money that's available? I mean, some of the well, best content seems to come from Australia. Yeah. Look, I, I think we, I think we do pretty well here, I, and I do think that you know you can't just throw money at at things and expect them to be good. I mean, that's certainly something that we've uh, discovered this year, as I mentioned, as we get more and more submissions with, with budgets. Um, money doesn't directly convert into into quality. You know? um, so I do think that we have our own sort of uh, brand in a way. I mean, we make everything obviously here, but uh, maybe it's just because Australia is so isolated and, uh, and yet so multicultural that we've got so many things going on. But well, there was a there was a vibrant, it probably still is a vibrant film industry in Australia that existed long before web series. Oh yes, absolutely, and uh, and uh, you know that's still uh, that's still ticking along. But I do think like yeah, it is this particular sort of feel to uh to things that, that come out of this country as much as we really want to be and you know play on the international stage which i think we do at times it's it still has that sort of yeah stamp of of uh australianness about it well, you, <laughs> even the most internationally successful stuff too. And, and i was actually i was going to ask you whether or not you thought that was 
uh, that created maybe an insularity where you did things yourselves. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I I think it does. Um, it's uh, yeah, you know, Australia is really uh, feels very European, I think, and I think Australians also feel very closely connected to Europe for a number of reasons, and and not just because we're allowed to compete in the in the Eurovision Song Contest. But, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, is that because you're a Commonwealth nation? Yeah, well, it is a Commonwealth nation, obviously, and uh, and um, yeah. But at the same thing, I think Australians are quite proud of being Australian. Love the sort of the background of all the the, uh, the crimes and misdemeanors of, of the past, and and uh, you know everyone. Who comes from sort of European heritage uh, has a has a criminal in their uh, in their ancestry, and hence that's how they ended up there. And somehow Australians are quite proud of that, and uh, for, for whatever reason, I think that sort of um, you know we love true crime, we love the those sort of uh, outcast type the characters. Outlaw, yes, and, the outlaw appeal, right? Yeah, I think that is really strong. That's a really strong kind of archetype here, um, and even if they're not criminals, like I think a lot of stories really often centres around those sort of people who are not sort of made by the cookie cutter kind of thing. We love those stories about people who are a little bit different, a bit on the side, who are challenging the status quo and that sort of thing. I think it's uh, yeah, it's often quite successful yeah. here. And, and then there's the the criminal element, but and actually, there's a story. As you know, I, I live in South Florida, and of a Miami Beach city commissioner, uh, and this is going back uh, several years, who was caught one night. He had smashed up his car. They found him with hookers and cocaine. So what did he do? He disappeared, and they found him in Australia, and he actually got oh. admitted to, he got admitted to the bar. And is a practicing attorney, a solicitor, I guess, in Australia. <laughs> Lovely. No, he was a government official. He was a city commissioner in Miami Beach. I won't say his name, at least not on the... <laughs> Yeah, let's not incriminate anyone or ourselves. So it's the, yeah, it's the scoundrel and rascal appeal, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah, what are you um, looking forward to this year with the festival? What are you excited about? Other than, I mean, I know you're excited, and yeah, you're probably getting exhausted at this point uh, before before it happens, pulling it all together. But uh, what are you really looking forward to this year? Um, well, the pitching competition that I mentioned, I mean, that's that's a really really a big highlight um, for me. I'm also particularly interested in the, one of those panels that I mentioned about adaptation because. Uh, as I also mentioned, I moonlight as an academic, and and I'm working with a, with a with a few colleagues at the moment on a on a research project about web series that we're trying to get some funding for, um, and 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 you know we're we're really interested in looking at how people's careers are changing, how the format is changing. So that panel I think is going to be really really interesting, and not just for my selfish my personal selfish reasons but i think also for concert makers 
I think that's going to be a really, really useful panel so that they might start, you know, it might trigger some thinking around what a web series is and what it can be and and how the format is is uh, is actually changing. Well, what um, do you think it should be or could be, and where do you see it fitting in in a what's become a crowded space? Yeah, it has, hasn't it? Well, Look, you, know, think... you and I talked offline before we started a little bit about what I would call the Netflix effect. And yeah. when one series began, there was really no, they, that was online content. You had YouTube and you had uh, scripted content. And yeah. uh, even when you started your web fest, uh, House of Cards had not begun. And that seemed, that's changed a lot I mean, with Hulu and yeah. Amazon Prime shows and, and Netflix. So. How do, how do you yeah. see the, the tradition now the now traditional web series the short form fitting in and all yeah. of that well i think uh, i think the, that development has actually been really good for for web series because i do believe that that particular development that these new digital platforms have popped up has actually uh lit some fires uh, in uh, in and around broad, broadcasting industries and, and also within production companies that they are seeing that okay we need to actually uh, research this we need to we need to invest in this to see uh, to, to see where it's all going and make sure that we stay that we stay relevant and you know uh, Netflix has Started. They don't have a lot of short form series on there, but they do have some. Like Drama World is is one example of yeah, it. Yeah, they have the more traditional. Yeah, they have more traditional TV length series. Yeah, and they do that as well. But they also do short form content, which some platforms don't. So we have a couple of examples in Australia with a uh, an Australian platform called Stan, for example, which is. Um, said that no we don't take anything that could live on youtube but at the same time they've taken some web series and repackaged them into into one-offs or or mini series with uh, tv length uh, tv length episodes and there's this uh, synergy as well between this platform and broadcasters so they might have a like this particular platform and i shouldn't be Talking too much about one thing, I suppose, but they're connected with a with a with a free to air commercial network. who's also got a catch up platform. So we've seen some projects um, that have uh, gone on TV that has gone onto the catch up platform in short form and then been repackaged for uh, for this other platform uh, as well. So I think that's that's good for the creators. It, it's creates more opportunities for them to get their work out there and it's also creating more opportunities for them to get paid for their work and to actually get their projects funded so i think that's really good and and to be brutally honest i don't think youtube is a particularly good platform for scripted for scripted content it's great for blogging and you know it's still the the go-to destinations for for pet videos, <laughs> and <laughs> and sort of you know the the, the laugh uh, the laugh a uh, laugh a minute kind of uh, kind of comedy, 
but I don't, I don't think really that YouTube is a destination for scripted um, for scripted content for documentary uh, short form documentary series and that. But I think these other platforms actually can be because people go there because they want production values, they they want serialized content they, they go those, there because that's is, the kind of experience that they go to yes yeah, who are those people what, what is the audience sorry who are those people that are going to those platforms and watching this so what is the audience these days for web series um i think it's uh, it depends on the i think it really depends on the series to be honest it's uh I think people are more and more savvy about the kind of content that they are seeking out. So, um, so if it's good, people will watch it. If it's good, people will watch it. But again, you gotta you gotta find a way to connect. So, um, take a series that's just finished up, and now I'm gonna um, disagree with myself. A uh, uh, starting from now, an Australian series, a, les a lesbian series that are just wrapped up after five seasons and they've got more than 30 million views on, on YouTube. Um, you know, they've, they've really, they started out with, with some really cool ideas. Um, it was, uh, you know, some stories and characters that weren't really, that you didn't really see anywhere at the time when they started out five seasons ago. Um, nobody wanted to fund them. Some people were watching it, and then, but they just built up so much traction over time uh, that they've actually really blazed the trail for a lot of people to make series about um, uh, that that has that sort of diversity and representation. They've really opened the door and sort of normalised that, and uh, and grown a huge audience in the process. And and uh, funding bodies have come on board. Uh, SBS, a TV network in Australia bought the uh, bought the whole series, showed it on TV, showed it on the catch-up platform. So I think that, you know, content needs to be agile, I suppose, is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. And then audiences are there if you're, if you are good at writing or creating content for a specific audience. I really think that is, uh, that is the key to success web series makers and I don't think there is one demographic that watches web series anymore I think at the end of the day everybody does it but you have to if you want to be a successful content maker you've got to be very clear about who your audience is and then you might find them does that make sense I yeah, felt like it, I was rambling it, a lot there. <laughs> it's absolutely perfect sense you have to I, I, to boil it down I think what you're saying is that you have to have good content and, and good content, well-written, well-directed, well-acted, with good production values. It's got to be broadcast well, mm. right? But, but you have to be able to connect to your audience, which is, I think, so much of the educational focus of what you do at, web, at, at your webfest is, is helping to teach the content creators how to do that. Yeah. And then it's Nothing. up to them to put in the work to, to make that yeah. happen. Yeah, exactly, and submitted to us so we can um, so we can celebrate it even more. Uh, it's, oh, it's, yeah, yeah. it's one of those things that's been said that 
if, if you do it, it's no guarantee of success. But if you don't do it, it's a guarantee that you won't have success. Yeah, exactly. And I think that you need to watch a lot of web series well. That's probably one of the things that occasionally frustrates me more than anything is when people make web series without actually watching web series. That is, uh, I think that is the sort of uh, the first door to failure kind of thing where, you know, you're operating in a medium that you don't know anything about. You know, if you made a web series and you ask someone, what's your favorite series? And they, they name drop five TV series, then sort of, yeah, okay. With a short form, with a very short form format, your pacing is so different in a web series than it is for half hour or hour long TV shows. It is. I also think you shoot it quite differently. Very often I find that, you know, cinematography is different, editing is different because you're um, most times sort of looking at screens other than the uh, the flat screen TVs that are hanging on in living rooms. So uh, that that also changes. You're talking about mobile devices, a tablet or a phone. Mobile. Yeah, exactly. So that I think is is uh, is really important for <laughs> for content makers to sort of do their research really and look at the stuff that's uh, that that's uh, that's already out there, and also to try you know coming back to that idea about audiences and and really understanding who your audience is and who you're talking to, how you're going to talk to them. Um, you know, we we do see some very typical classical stories that are have just absolutely been done to death. So I think that's also one of the pitfalls often for people who are just starting out. You made that, the millennial um, roommate story. Sorry, the millennial roommate story. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you're going to do a story about a rumor about roommates, you really got to find your niche. <laughs> and, and do something that hasn't been done before, or yeah. say a, a story about struggling actors. You know, how many web series are there about struggling actors? Yeah, not Who saying it can't be done. Yeah, we had a really good one in our spotlight selection this year about struggling actors, and but they've figured, you know, they've actually found the space in amongst all of those stories and made theirs a little bit different. So I think that's, but you you know you you're treading on sort of um, uh, yeah sketchy ground when you're when you're trying to do something that's been done so many times before. So maybe then if you've got a concept, you've got to have to think about how we can reformulate it and take the characters or take the main ideas or the plot points and well at least put them in a different setting than a share house. <laughs> too many strictly follow the idea of you write about what you know and that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean you write about your own life it's that you take the things that you've learned and that you've experienced as you have and you find a way to use those in, in, in telling your story yeah it's not supposed to be the story of your life no exactly unless it's an anecdotal documentary exactly and then you better be a very interesting person to keep people's attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> All right. Well, we've been talking today with Snyder Ellingson, the founder and uh, director of uh, the upcoming Melbourne Web Fest that's going to happen on June 29th through July 2nd in Melbourne, Australia. This is the fifth year. Steiner, uh, thank you so much for your time today. This has been wonderful. Thanks, Jeff. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Absolutely. And I look forward to doing it again. Uh, good luck with the festival. You put on one of the premier festivals uh, internationally. Oh. There, there, are, there are about four or five really top ones, and yours is there. You put a lot of effort into it. And it's clear from the things that you've said today, the, the ideas and the thought that you've given to things. So, yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Jeff. All right. This has been Web Guy Conversation. This is Jeff. Uh, where can uh, Steiner? Before we leave, where can people find out uh, information about the festival and keep track of what's going on? Well, we are uh, quite active on Facebook. Um, just look for Melbourne Webfest, and and uh, you shall find us. Or go to melbournewebfest.com and and read all about our. Uh, program and we're currently uh, rolling out profile interviews with all of the um, all of the um, web series creators and their projects so you can read all about them uh, on our website all right and that's under the that's on the blog page yes that's right okay so when people go to the, the website melbournewebfest.com and you go to the blog page you'll find all of that information about the different shows that are going to be uh, Going to be showcased and focused on. And uh, I should throw in this as well. You can yes. also vote for your favorite series in our People's Choice oh, uh, yes. poll and help your favorite series win a thousand bucks. And you can vote online, right? Correct. Yes, on the website as well. Look for the look for the People's Choice poll on the website. All right, the wonderful number one fest and the very gracious uh, Steiner Ellingson. Thank you. This is Jeff. This has been Webby Guy Conversation. Uh, you can hear this podcast on SoundCloud, on iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio, and follow us, uh, Webby Guide, anywhere on the web, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, and whatever other social media platforms being created. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Look forward to talking to everybody soon. Bye bye.